0: Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of CamCast. Uh, Today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my other love besides sports. I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite movies and a movie that I really felt was a good first movie to do a podcast on and do an episode one. And that movie is Remember the Titans. Uh, I've always loved Remember the Titans. I think Remember the Titans is one of the great sports movies of all time. Um, And I think in today's current climate with how things are nowadays, I think Remember the Titans is more, uh, I guess, pertinent than it's ever been before. Uh, I think Remember the Titans is a movie that a lot of us should go back and watch and, you know, see how things, uh, where how things can improve, you know, based off of the actions of some men. Um, Yeah, so go ahead and uh, listen on and I'll talk about a lot really in depth on Remember the Titans and Uh, give you a lot of my thoughts about it, and then we might have something fun in the middle of the podcast. Uh, uh, All right, let's get going. Episode three of Camcast. Uh, Thanks for joining in for a third time, or if it's your first time, welcome. You know this is gonna be the first time we're talking about movies, uh, so please join in. You know this this will this will be a lot. This be a big challenge for me. Uh, it'll be a little bit different talking about movies as opposed to talking about sports because I'm used to talking about sports, but it's hard to portray how you really feel about movies uh, verbally all the time. So we're gonna hopefully work out the kinks with that as we go along. Uh, today's episode is going to be focused on the two thousand classic football movie. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans happens to be one of my favorite. Football movies. Actually, it's definitely my favorite football movie. It's one of my favorite movies. You know, I could watch this movie every single week. If I really wanted to, I could watch it every single day. It's just the familiarity of it. It's just the really good vibes that go along with it. And it's it's honestly some of the scenes. Some of the scenes are really, really fun to watch. They're great. They're really great to watch. Uh, So, Remember the Titans is based on a true story of African American coach Herman Boone, uh, who is played by Denzel Washington in this movie, and his attempt to integrate the T.C. Williams High School football team in Alexandria, Virginia in 1971. And it kind of goes through the struggle on how, uh, you know, race, race, uh, racism was like really, you know, it was obviously it was the 1970s and it was the late, uh, you know, late 60s, early 70s was still a really, you know, hot spot for racism, especially in the East Coast and in the South where this movie takes place within Virginia. And this movie does a really good job of showing it in a very, uh, you know, downplayed way, which sucks because you want to downplay racism, but it's a PG movie. So even if you're a child, you could be like, hey, that's, that's not right. You know, what's going on in there isn't right. And, you know, they're able to do that in a way where um, younger audiences could enjoy the film and get out of it what the director was trying to get out of it, which I think was, was kind of the point. So a lot of the big players within this movie are, uh, you know, obviously you have Denzel Washington as the lead star here as Coach Herman Boone. You have Will Patton as the uh, coach Bill Yost, who was originally the coach of T.C. Williams. And supposedly you got into like this Virginia Hall of Fame, which uh, for uh, high school football, which I guess is a thing. You know, we live in California. I don't know what a Virginia Hall of Fame is. I just don't think that's a thing. Uh, But I mean, it might be Uh, if you're in Virginia, go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong Um, Then you got wood Harris plays Julius Campbell wood Harris as you know He's from the wire and he's been in a couple other things since then. He's pretty good Uh, Ryan Hurst Gary Bertier Who didn't really do a lot of acting jobs at this, but he was in sons of anarchy and he was great in sons of anarchy He was really good. Uh, You got Donald Faison who plays Petey, you know He's the running back turned cornerback, and he's easy. You know the, the comic relief in the movie. He's really good uh, another main one, Ethan Suppley. Ethan Suppley was known as, uh, uh, he's the big guy from boy meets world, you know? And if you were to see Ethan Suppley today, you wouldn't even recognize him. The dude probably lost like 250 pounds. Looks great in the movie. He's really good. He kind of is, uh, his character kind of bridges the gap between, you know, the blacks and the whites within their training camp. And he's kind of, you know, it was, it was good how they did that. Uh, you got young Hayden Panettiere is in the movie, uh, She's kind of annoying. As you get older, you kind of realize that she's more annoying than you think she is. Um, you got Case Bosworth, uh, Kate Bosworth as the racist girlfriend. You know, you got to have a racist girlfriend when there's racial tension going on, and she did a pretty good job of being a racist girlfriend. You got Burgess Jenkins. I will only mention him a few times because he played Ray, and Ray was the racist guy who was on the team who wouldn't block for uh, for Rev. And I like to call him, uh, I, well, I can't really even take credit for it. I give it to credit to Bill Simmons of The Ringer. Call him Ray the Racist. Because, man, he was a great racist. He really was. He was a fantastic racist. You know, as far as racists go, he's in the racist Hall of Fame. It's not a Hall of Fame you want to be in. But, man, he just hated, uh, <laughs> he hated, uh, you know, everything getting, uh, getting normal. He hated uh, everyone congregating together. He did not like it. He was really good at playing that. It kind of makes you wonder about the actor himself. But, anyways... And then my favorite character in the movie, uh, just because he just doesn't belong in this movie, you know, especially as famous as he got, Ryan Gosling as Alan Bosley. Ryan Gosling is in a different movie than everybody else in this movie, and it's really funny. The more you watch it, the more you know on screen he is and everything. It's just, it's funny. It's just he doesn't belong in here, but I'm I'm here for it because you know he looked like he was having a really good time. Uh, and obviously, you know Denzel Stills this show. He's the main player. He's the reason why this movie you know was probably made because they were able to get him you know they probably a lot of the budget went towards him and uh that's the only reason why this movie was getting made i think is because of him uh you know if you look back at the cast no one really stuck out at that time in terms of being a big time af- actor they all became big time actors after the fact which is you know kind of interesting especially you know gosling gosling became who would have think who would have thought gosling would have become you know, this Ryan Gosling guy that everybody loves so much. It's kind of funny, especially seeing him in this movie. Uh, So like I said before, the movie's about, you know, overcoming racial divides and how football is kind of an allegory for that. So they kind of start off at the beginning at this training camp where Coach Boone sets the precedent where he's like, hey, I want my black players mixing with my white players and you guys got to learn each other and everything like that. And, you know, it's kind of to, I guess, bridge the gap originally and really force these guys to kind of interact. And then, you know, they, it obviously doesn't work at first and there are some scuffles and all that, but then there's this one practice and it's a night practice and Gary Bertier and Julius Campbell are both on the defensive line and they make a tackle. And Gary Bertier, who's the white guy, who's the captain, he pushes Julius and he yells at him, left side, you know, and then Julius kind of looks at him. And he's just like, strong side. And like, they do the whole thing, you know, left side, strong side. And it's like, I remember watching that the first time. I was like, "Man, that's pretty cool." But then, as you watch it, like as you get older, as you're an adult, you're like, "Man, that was it was pretty powerful." You know, it really was. It's it's kind of hammy, you know, because it's a Disney production, but it it really is powerful. And you get I still get chills every time I hear that part because I think it's you know it's it's just something really special. I guarantee you, I could go into my phone right now, text a bunch of my buddies, left side and I'm going to get more than probably like three-quarters of a text back strong side. You know, it's just like a really iconic moment that happened in that movie. Uh, another great scene within the movie is probably the first game. It's that first game when Donald Faison is playing running back for Coach Boone's offense, and he like drops the ball or he misses his assignment, and, he, and Coach Boone kicks him off the offense, just kicks him off. Well, during that whole game, Ryan Gosling was playing cornerback, And Ryan Gosling was just getting eaten up. He was just getting destroyed at cornerback. So Coach Yost, you know, decides to pull out uh, Ryan Gosling's character and put in Donald Faison. And Donald Faison makes an instant uh, instant difference. He kills it as a cornerback. That was one of the great coaching decisions in movie history. Donald Faison completely destroyed. You know, okay. Gosling had no business being out there being a cornerback. He was just getting burnt. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, he's, he's Ryan Gosling. He's a super handsome dude. But, man, he was an absolute liability at corner. It's just, it was comical how bad he was at corner. Uh, and then after that game, you know, they won. And, and probably one of the most poignant scenes within the movie is when uh, Sunshine goes with, with Donald Faison and Blue and they go into this restaurant and they're trying to get a table. And Donald Faison and Blue, they're like, they know that, you know, this is a place that they're not necessarily welcomed, you know, cause they're, they're in Virginia and, you know, uh, obviously Donald Faison's character and, um, uh, blue are they're black and sunshine who's from California. He doesn't understand a lot of that because in California, you know, even back then you don't see a lot of that racism because, you know, Cal- California especially is a huge melting pot. So he didn't experience a lot of that where he was from. But Petey and blue at the same time were telling him, hey man you don't understand you know it's not going to be like that and then sunshine was like no, nah, it's gonna be fine you know they go in and this, this, uh, the restaurant owner kicks them out you know he kicks them out and tells them that they're kind of not welcome here and stuff like that and it, that's that was what I was talking about earlier about a PG version of showing you know racism you know it, it was it was blatantly obvious uh, that, that Petey and, and blue were really uncomfortable going in there and then when they get out of the restaurant after they were kicked out, Sunshine's like, hey guys, you know, I didn't know, and then Petey is like, man, what do you mean I don't know? Or what do you mean you don't know? I literally told you. You know, it's kind of like one of those things how you know in today's society, it's literally we we don't we don't know how things are going for certain people. You know, and and I and we just have to to listen to different people's viewpoints, and that was one of those examples where Sunshine was just completely. Ignorant and not in a negative way, he, he was, you know, hoping for the best, but he was ignorant to what was going on and how people really act, especially during that time period and especially in Virginia. I think another scene from the movie that really exemplifies, you know, the racial divide and the race, just the racism in general that these guys were dealing with when they were trying to integrate their school was that scene, uh, right before. TCU or T was a TC Williams was about to play another game. And there was a coach for the other team that was being interviewed. And I guess typically in Virginia, it was customary to swap game film with, you know, teams that you weren't too familiar with. So that way you're, it, it was a little bit competitive as opposed to maybe one team running away with it. And a reporter asked the coach of the other team, he said, and this was televised, uh, are you going to swap game film with coach Boone? And the other coach literally said, I'm not swapping anything with that monkey. So, Obviously, coach is a complete racist, and he's a despicable human being, and he's a piece of shit. But what was funny was when they played the game, TC Williams just destroyed these guys. And they, what was crazy was TC Williams was fighting against the referees for the most part too. And you know, coach, Yo, uh, coach, coach Boom for the entire time was trying to reason with the referees, and not even yelling, not even raising his voice. He he would go like, "Hey, Mister Official, Mister Official," and then. The uh, the referee would be like, "Be quiet, coach. If you want to stay in this game." And it's you know it's complete bullshit. They were getting hoes. I think they were uh, lower in Virginia, so it was a lot more racism and you know racist people there. But TC Williams started playing hard. That defense went crazy because Coach Yost was like, "They will not get another yard." You know, he did that whole speech, and then the defense got hyped, and they didn't get another yard. You know, they destroyed him. And I remember Bertier running on the sideline and just you know pointing at the other coach and like just angry. Then, you know, they're shaking hands at the very end and uh, Coach Boone goes up to that coach and he says, good game, coach. And the coach for the other team just kind of walks right past him, right? And then so Coach Boone walks forward a little bit more and then he's like, hey, coach. And he takes a banana that was in his pocket and he throws it right at the coach and just smiles at him. I fucking loved that moment. That moment was so satisfying. You know, it's just like, first of all. You have to have the guts to know that you're gonna win that game, and you keep that banana in your your jacket the entire time, and then just the 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 balls on Coach Boone to just throw it at him. And what what's Coach gonna say? Got his got as as Coach Boone would say, he got his John Brown hind parts kicked in. You know, it's, it's, it was it's I don't know, it's, it was great. It was a great moment. It's one of the great moments in the film. And after that, it was a big you know big victory. By that time, the Titans have won a whole bunch of games, and you know they're about to go uh, celebrate and. Bertier, he. This is the scene where you know, he he crashes and he gets he gets hurt, and it was a rough scene. It was a really really rough scene, you know. And you realize after the fact that he's paralyzed from the waist down and can't play football anymore, and it's just sad. You know, it was just it was just really sad. But then they go to the championship game and uh, they wind up just winning it, and they win it on one of the great plays by a player of all time. Sunshine gets into the game. And, well, he's been in the game the whole time because, you know, Rev got injured early in the season. Sunshine's a quarterback, but Sunshine, Ronnie Bass, gives some of the greatest blocks in the history of movies. Just completely, you know, chucks it to Rev, who's playing running back, chucks it to him, and just is the lead blocker. He's like, just just under my wing, wet. Rev, let us let's do this. Let's go ahead and get this touchdown. And it was, it's just, I don't know, I love that scene. It's really fun to watch uh it's just i don't know it's a feel-good scene it, you know that nobody's gonna be fucking be able to flip people over like that especially ronnie bass who's probably like 160 pounds soaking wet but for the movie and for that moment man it's just ronnie bass is looking good out there you know he's just, he's just doing his thing all right we're gonna take a quick break from the pod right now to do something i want to try doing when i do my movie talks from now on and uh, other things too, uh, I'm going to try to do a top 10 list every single time we do a podcast or at least every other time to kind of spice things up, make it a little bit interesting, maybe bring some different thoughts into the uh, the pod that we weren't normally uh, talking about. Uh, you know, the, the top 10s will try to pertain to the different topics that I'll be talking about. So in honor of Ryan Gosling's character, and remember the Titans being absolutely a, a liability, as a cornerback, <laughs> I have devised my top ten characters in movies who are just bad at their jobs, who just suck. And they shouldn't they shouldn't suck, but they're bad at their jobs. Alright, starting with number ten. We have Principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This one's kind of a given. Uh he's just a trash principal and he is also really disgusting. And he basically like broke into Ferris Bueller's home and like, you know, followed his sister around and just overall, just just gross. And then yeah, every, everything you learn about that, the actor after the fact is just even worse. Alright, that's number 10. Number 9. Boba Fett from the Star Wars series. Boba Fett is supposed to be a bounty hunter, but you literally never see him bounty anyone. And he gets killed by a killer plant. It's like a plant, a space plant. So he's just, he's bad at his job. Number 8. <laughs> Stormtroopers, <laughs> stormtroopers are—they're just trash. What what are these stormtroopers doing? They're just shooting around. They're literally hitting nothing, and they've never hit anything. It's like, come on, guys, just be better. You know, the 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 uh, the Empire should have hired better guys to be their stormtroopers. That's all I'm saying. Number seven, I have Melissa Tomei's, uh character in Crazy Stupid Love. So if you've never seen the movie, she plays an eighth-grade teacher that winds up sleeping with Steve Carell's uh, character. And during a parent-teacher conference, she completely is uh, unprofessional and, like, you know, blows up the whole scene. And it's really funny, but she's just, she says asshole over and over and over again. It's just, she's, she's a horrible teacher. She's not, she's not great. Uh, so, now we're going to go to number six. This is going to be, I forget her, the actress's name. I forget the character's name, but it's the therapist from the movie The Departed. She's supposed to be helping, you know, her 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 clients, but she winds up sleeping with Leonardo DiCaprio, who is her client, like within like five or six sessions of therapy. You know, I'm I'm not a therapist, but I'm pretty sure that's against the guidelines. I'm pretty sure you can't be doing that. Uh number five, we named this top ten after him, Ryan Gosling. And remember the Titans. He is just a horrible cornerback. In the very first game of the season, he's getting blown out. And uh, you know, the defensive coordinator puts in Donald Thazon's character in there and It's a lot better, but Ryan Gosling was so much more concerned about his jazz hands whenever they were doing the pregame warm-ups and playing football. I mean, it's just pretty obvious. Number four, we have Slater and Michaels, the infamous cops from Superbad, played by Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. They're just, they're not good at their jobs. They're horrible cops. And it's it's funny because it's a comedy, but they're blatantly horrible at their job, and they let this, they know this kid is underage, and they still let him get away with everything, and that's why they're awesome. But that's also why they're bad at their job. Number three, this can go either way, but he's just—it's horrible in the way he does things. I got J.K. Simmons' character in the movie Whiplash. For those of you that don't know, Whiplash is the story of this uh, of Miles Teller's character, who's trying to be the best drummer he's ever he could ever be, and he enlists in this school uh, for uh, gifted young musicians. And the the uh, the advanced band teacher is played by J.K. Simmons, who's just brooding. You know, he's just just really muscular. You know, J.K. Simmons has that big booming voice. And he just, like, you know, belittles uh, Miles Teller's character all the way to the point where he just makes Miles Teller feel broken. And he basically breaks him. He cracks him. And, you know, he's... But he was bad at his job. You can't do that if you're a teacher. What the hell is that? That's some bullshit, man. You can't be doing that. All right. Number two is a good one. We got Dr. Henry Wu from Jurassic Park. This idiot literally is the reason why dinosaurs ran free and are now in uh, Jurassic World. This guy, I remember uh, it was it was Sam Neill's character in in the first Jurassic Park. He said, "Are you sure that they can't breed?" And he's like, "Oh no, all of the all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are female." And then that's when Jeff Goldblum chimes in. Uh, 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 nature uh, 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 finds a way. Jura- Henry Wu was horrible at his job. He literally put in amphibian. Uh, was it uh, frog DNA? And sometimes frogs are known to change genders. To to uh, to. To produce, to produce Young. He's horrible at his job. You should know that as a biologist. Come on, woo! And last but not least, this guy is absolutely the worst at his job. It's Denzel Washington in Training Day. Talk about a crooked cop. Denzel Washington was the worst cop in the history of cop movies. He was so dirty, so filthy. Literally, you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's just absolutely insane, you know, and then he's able to go from Denzel in training day to Denzel in remember the Titans and it's just you know it's just the range of Denzel Washington all right go ahead and we're gonna go back to the podcast now even though I love this movie and it's clear that I love this movie and I could probably go on and on talking about how much I love this movie there are a lot of issues with this movie about a lot of the liberties that the director and the producers took when they made this movie there's a lot of it that's just not accurate it's just not 100% accurate You know, it's just, and I kind of want to outline some of those right now because I want everyone to kind of know. I bet you a lot of you guys don't know a lot about these things. I just think it's really interesting. So, you know, first of which is T.C. Williams actually wasn't integrated in 1971 like this movie said. T.C. Williams was actually integrated in 1965. Um, Why they chose to make it in 1971, I think, is just because that was the year that T.C. Williams wound up winning, uh, winning the state championship, but uh, other than that, it's, it's but that's that's like a pretty big you know six years earlier it was integrated. I mean I'm sure that a lot of those things still happen in regards to people boycotting and people being idiots and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was it was six years later. Um, another really interesting thing is in the movie they portray that a lot of the, all the teams that they were facing within their league were all white. Um, that wasn't true either. Uh, actually, a lot of the teams, if not all the teams, were completely integrated by the time the Titans were on their championship run. And that's that's why it was actually kind of interesting. But I mean, I know why they did it. They, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting for a movie. It's interesting for a storyline. What we do know is Coach Boone was a real guy. He was a real guy. Uh, but what everyone says is Coach Boone was the biggest asshole that ever walked the planet Earth. He wasn't likable. None of the players liked him. None of the coaches liked him. They just kind of dealt with it. I, Denzel tries to hand that up a little bit when he's acting. I mean, but he's Denzel, so he's charismatic anyway. So it's kind of hard to, you know, for him to be a complete asshole. Even in training day, he's a complete asshole. But you still like him because he's Denzel Washington. And, you know, he's just great at what he does. Uh, another great one is the fact that probably the the most important scene when they're at the training camp or at their, yeah, their training camp before the left side, strong side was their 3am run to Gettysburg. Yeah. That didn't happen either. That run to Gettysburg wasn't a thing that never happened. And you know, that's kind of a, a really emotional part in the movie where, you know, coach Boone gives his speech about everybody dying on this battlefield right here, but that never happened. That was not a thing. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, I mean, it's again, it's a movie, but I just, you know, it, it's, I found this really interesting when I went back and wanted to look up a lot of the accuracies because I know a lot of biopics and a lot of movies based on real events are just that. They're based on real events. It doesn't necessarily mean that the events were real, but they are definitely based on them. Movie that was historically inaccurate. You know how Coach Yost had the one daughter, Hayden Panettiere, and her name was Cheryl? Yeah, uh, Coach Yost actually had three other daughters. So he had four total daughters, but they highlighted only having one. So you kind of wonder, like, what the rest of the family was thinking, like, "Hey, how come you know Cheryl's the only one that gets to be in this movie?" But uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to me. Like, what what was the purpose of only having one daughter? If anything, it would have given Yost a little bit more you know, well-rounding of a character if you had a little bit more of his family and you get a little bit more of the wife, but you didn't get a lot of that. So it was kind of, you had to deal with Hayden Pantier, who was extremely annoying, even for a child actor, but, you know, that is what it is. And, you know, there's a lot more inaccuracies, but I think the worst inaccuracy that this movie takes liberty and, you know, goes the other way is the Gary Berthier situation. So Gary Berthier was paralyzed in a car accident from the waist down. But... It didn't happen until after the season. So Gary Bertier in real life got to play in the state title game when the Titans won the whole thing. And man, that this one was when I read this one, I was like, damn, that can't be true. And I did a little bit more digging, and yeah, that was true. Gary Bertier was playing in that that state title game, and you know he was obviously you know main contributor on it, being the captain, being the the nose of that defense, but. I couldn't believe that the movie took that liberty. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good for the movie in terms of it added a lot more drama to it. But man, I would have loved to have seen the you know Gary Berthier in in that championship game just hitting guys. You know, uh, we and we might not have gotten that final scene where Sunshine and Rev basically run it, take it to the house, but. An uh, interesting fact about Gary Bertier, he was actually in the Special Olympics later on, and I think he won gold, if I'm not mistaken. So I, that was kind of an interesting. And he died, uh, he actually died in a car crash. He died in another car crash. He just, he had a really, really rough life. That was, that was, man. And you know, obviously he's like an American, not American hero, but he's an American football hero, especially in the state of, uh, of Virginia. That's where I'll stop in terms of the inaccuracies and shitting on this movie, because I don't want to shit on this movie. I love this movie. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a movie that has carried a lot of weight for twenty years. You know, this we're in the year twenty twenty. We're still talking about a lot of the things that occurred in this movie which was, you know, it's taking place back in the in 1971. And we're still having these same conversations. You know, there are some things that haven't changed. You know, there are still gonna be people out there that are exactly like racist Emma, the racist girlfriend. There are gonna be guys out there just like racist Ray. You know, people like that still exist. That's that's still a thing. I mean, look what happened in NASCAR uh, yesterday. Today being uh, June 22nd, so yesterday being June 21st. Bubba Wallace, the only African American racer in NASCAR, somebody put a noose in his fucking stall, in his pit stall, in his garage. What the hell, man? This shit is still going on. I can't believe that. That's that's despicable. And this movie, which takes place, you know, almost 50 years ago illustrates this stuff shows that racism was a real thing back then it was really was everywhere it's you know living in southern california i don't see it everywhere but what we've learned over the past three four weeks is the racism's still there it's just a lot quieter and a lot lower to the ground than we than we know and all this this these positive protest things that are going on they're they're turning up all those disgusting races it I, i just don't it's the Bubba Wallace thing is just unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. It 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 is insane that that would happen in the year twenty twenty. You know, it's we've we've come a, we've come a long way in a lot of different ways, but there are parts of the country that haven't come a long way at all. And I'm hoping that you know people watching movies like this and realizing, like, hey, you know, we we have to do better, and really heeding the words of this of this movie and movies like it, you know, movies like glory road or, you know, other movies that take on uh, racial inequalities and uh, racial discrimination and stuff like that. And that's, that's why movies are great. Movies can kind of put you in a place for, you know, an hour and a half to two and a half hours and where you're just engaged. And when a movie is able to put a, put across a positive message of, of social change and, you know, people being able to be unified over one common goal, I think it's really uplifting and that's, one of the main reasons I love this movie, aside from just the sheer fun of it from a, from a sports perspective, I love the message that it puts out there that it doesn't matter what you look like, what color your skin is. It's, you know, Julius and and Bertier say this truth at the very end, you know, Julius is like, or Bertier is like, can't you see the family resemblance, the resemblance? This is my brother. And Julius and Bertier, they became brothers and they're black and they're white. But they had so much in common and they, they you know, they love each other like brothers. And that's what I think the great part about this movie is, is that they're able to, to create this, you know, to, to show that, that this does happen. It's not all negative. There are some positives and there are some really good people out there. It's just our jobs to weed out the Ray the Racist and Emma the Racist Girlfriends. But we'll get there. And movies like this will help tell those stories. Well, another one in the books for Camcast guys. That was episode three. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening once again. Uh, again, I I thank you for bearing with me while I try to figure out a lot of this and try to figure out how I want to go about things. But I'm having a good time. I hope you guys are having a good time listening because I'm having a really good time making these these podcasts and putting putting it out there, putting out some new information, maybe getting you guys uh, through a long commute. You know, whatever it may be. I thank you for joining me. Uh, As always, please like, share, subscribe the pod on whatever platform you're on. You know, if it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of them, you know, we're on all of them. Uh, And please share the podcast and follow me on Instagram at cam.cast. That's K-A-M dot K-A-S-T. And until next time, guys, thank you again.